Well, hello, hello, hello. It's training camp, day six of the Raiders on the field for training camp. So finally, we have some real silver and black news to discuss for our Vegas Nation podcast. Brian Salmon along with Raiders beat writer Michael Gelkin in Napa, California, who has been there since day one. So, Michael, I guess, how's Napa Valley treating you thus far? It's great. There are far worse places that a training camp could be held than this. I do I, I'm embarrassed to say I have not had one drop of wine yet, but all in all, these are going fine. <laughs> sure you haven't had one drop, but okay, very good, Michael. <laughs> we also have NFL writer right here at the Las Vegas Review-Journal, Hilberto Monsano, of course, who will be in Napa next week, but the man who broke the Brent Musburger story. So how goes it, Gil? I'm doing well. Hey, like you mentioned, I'll be in Napa next week. Hopefully, I'll make Michael drink a glass of wine <laughs> with me, and we'll have, we'll have a good time. Uh, you're going to show up with a bottle of wine in hand. All right, here we go, guys. First of all, we want to start with something new that we didn't do last year. Listen to a little sound bites that we can talk off of. We have Derek Carr talking about Jordy Nelson, his very shiny new toy, and just really how well he has looked. Also, Jared Cook talking about Derek Carr and how he has looked under head coach John Gruden. The thing about Jordy, obviously, he can play football. I think we all saw that. You know, in the past two days, we've seen him take it over the top. We've seen him catch a, you know, a little little sail route or whatever for about 20 and take it 60 and not get touched. You know, we've uh, seen him go across the middle. You know, we've seen him play football. It was like a completely different person in my eyes, uh, just from the way he's attacking the game, just from the way he's attacking the challenges that uh, that Gruden's been giving to him. Every time Gruden asks him a question, he get it right, no hesitation. Every time Gruden asks him to get up in front of a meeting room and call out a play, run a play, get to the right check, um, get to the right audible, he does it every time. And that's a responsibility that Derek never had last year. And uh, you see a totally different player out of him. He's attacking the game different mentally, and he has a totally different attitude going into this year. All right, guys, so you heard those two guys talking about Derek Carr. Michael, I guess my, my question would be to you is, how has he looked working with Jordy Nelson? And it really sounds to me like he's taken to the coaching of John Gruden thus far. Have you seen that in training camp? I have. You know, Derek Carr is just he looks, he looks comfortable. You, know, you wouldn't think that this offense was just being installed this spring, really devised. I know John Gruden has spent many years you know, looking at different plays and getting ideas of what kind of offense he'd want to lead someday when he returned to the NFL. It really wasn't a question of if for him. But now that he's here and he's got all of this, you know, his playbook is so expansive and there's so much coding to it in terms of a terminology standpoint. Eventually someone had to learn it in terms of a quarterback and command it. And the fact that Derek Carr is where he is, I mean, it started in the spring when you just saw how quickly he was picking up and then carried over into the summer. He just looks more comfortable. He just looks more comfortable than I think many people would have thought he would have, uh, which isn't a fault to Derek Carr, just more of a testament of what Gruden has put on his shoulders. Um, but he seems to be thriving upon it. He seems to enjoy the back and forth with John Gruden. And when you throw in a guy like Jerry, or pardon me, uh, uh, Jordy Nelson, that only seems to help things. It looks as if this is like a almost like a make or break year for Derek Carr. Would you agree? Yeah, it seemed like last year was the first time he actually took a couple steps back when he entered the league in 2014 as a second-round pick out of Fresno State. He was always, you know, moving up forward. He had a bunch of comeback victories, and he led the Raiders to the playoffs. It's something he didn't do, like, in, I think, 12 years. And then last year came, and but I, but I think you want to say, I want, I want to give him more, uh, you know, I want to give him kind of, I don't want to say an excuse, but the benefit of that was the back injury. That was a big hit he took. Yeah. He, he had the, I think he had the, the broken leg the year before that. 
So when you go into an off season, when you're really healthy, that really helps you out. It, go, it goes a long way, and sometimes it takes you a while. And, and I felt like Derek Carr was, you know, starting to get it last year. And now with John Gruden helping him out with the playbook, you mentioned Jordy Nelson. You got, he has a lot of weapons. I think this could be a, a I don't want to say make or break year, but this could be a year where he gets back on track. You know what, Michael Gilbert makes up a great point. The fact that he was coming off of the broken leg entering last season, going into training camp and whatnot. By any chance, do you see any difference in how he's – maybe looking physically in training camp and the fact that he is not coming off of an injury this year? I think, you know, he looked pretty good to me from a physical standpoint last year. Even in the spring, he was pretty much good to go from, you know, the start of OTAs. And he said that mentally he was fine. I think last year when that back injury, the transverse process, the fracture there, the three fractures he had, I think that really stopped a bit of his mobility where, you know, he wasn't asked to do much with his legs. And I think that's when Derek Carr is at his best, is when he's moving around a little bit behind a strong pocket. That's when you can create some things and those big plays that were lacking last year that were there in 2016 can start to happen. So a healthy Derek Carr, we certainly has been. And I think being another year away from, uh, off that leg injury, maybe from a mental standpoint, even though Derek Carr seemed to undermine that idea that mentally he wouldn't be fine, uh, I think it probably just more separation you have from an injury like that the better, but physically, um, he was full girl at the camp last year, and he certainly uh, seems so again now. I got you. Now, we saw on your Twitter feed, uh, we also saw, I saw it on ESPN today, the fact that Peyton Manning was out there. He wasn't selling pizzas or anything like that, or <laughs> or car insurance or whatever, but Michael, what, what's the deal with Peyton Manning? Did they say how, his connection to Gruden or why he was out there or anything today? So he is in the neighborhood, I suppose. Peyton <laughs> uh, Manning has a speaking opportunity, a speaking engagement of some sort in San Francisco. And the way Peyton Manning said it on Thursday, he called up John Gruden, you know, reached out. And one of the things about John Gruden, he always answers his phone, but certainly with Peyton Manning, he's going to pick up and says, you know, hey, uh, wouldn't mind getting my football fit if you, if you have some time for me. And so you had Peyton Manning swing by and join the Raiders in training camp. It was pretty neat to see. First of all, it's hard to miss Peyton Manning. I don't just think because of his <laughs> tall stature, but he's wearing this bright orange Tennessee ball cap in a field where everyone's wearing silver and black. There's Peyton Manning. And you just see him interact with E.J. Manuel, uh, Derek Carr, Connor Cook. I don't know why I put E.J. Manuel ahead of Connor Cook. <laughs> Derek Carr. Or remember Derek Carr. Derek uh, Carr we know what's cap. going on. We know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. For that competition, um, but yeah, you just see how guys, like all three of those guys, responding to having Peyton there. It's pretty neat to see. We also had Charles Woodson at practice on Thursday, so just a couple future first round Hall of Famers that, That's pretty cool. Yeah, and, and one thing I, I I noticed, you know, just just for Derek Carr to talk to a guy like Peyton Manning's caliber, just you know, pick his brain for a little bit. I noticed, you know, maybe a, a few minutes, but you know, one thing I was kind of frustrated with Derek Carr last year was like. You know, you can't just rely on, on your offensive play caller, Tal Downing, to make all these plays. You got to read the line of scrimmage and read defenses, and and, and and who was better than that than Peyton Manning? You know, you know, playing on the go. So I, hopefully, Derek Carr got a couple of minutes with Peyton Manning. You know, how do how do you you know do all these Omaha hut, hut drills and all this stuff and and, and go and be, be so fast? And another reason could be maybe Peyton Manning's trying to go into the, the TV booth. John Green just came off. Maybe maybe some pointers for him there. You talk to the my guy Derek Carr. I'll give you some pointers here. A little trade. Maybe. I, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, it is like you're saying, it, it's good the fact that Peyton Manning was out there and the fact that Derek Carr could have a chance to talk with him. And something that Michael knows, and I know that Ed Graney, who was out there, one of the sports columnists, was out there with him this week. 
knows is that the Raiders like to bring former players around. So Woodson being out there is cool as well. I'm assuming, Michael, at training camp, you see all kinds of former Raiders all over the place all the time, right? It, yeah, you do. And there's uh, alumni weekend that could be the first weekend of, of training camp where more than 100 former Raiders players come here. And it guys as recent as Miles Burris, the linebacker from San Diego State, who's in his 20s, I believe, still. Uh, to guys who are, you know, uh, far deeper into their lives. And so, uh, you know, decades of, of Raiders football is in one place here. And that's the way John Gruden likes it. That's the way before Gruden returns here. That's the way the Raiders like it. And so, uh, that, yeah, that's, there's that presence there that isn't, isn't uh, a fact with other organizations, but with the Raiders, just the way they operate. It almost seems like a given that I think it's easier to take for granted. Gilbert, how nice is Michael, man, talking about guys that are far deeper into their lives? That's, that's very nice of him to yeah, say that. Very way. nice. I, I can't relate to all that. I'm still in my 20s, but, yeah, he's a nice guy. Both of you guys are in your 20s. I don't like either one of you. This show's over. <laughs> all right, now here we go. Uh, also, we again, we have more sound that we can listen to and, and, and talk about. We have one of, the off, one of the coordinators for the Raiders, Greg Olson, and also a former Raider, Phil Villapueno, who was out there, and he talked – and they talked about – Raiders practice, basically going through training camp without pads, with pads, and just how different it is. Let's go ahead and take a listen to what they had to say about that. Also, Bruce Irvin, who really had some things to say about the Raiders finally getting the pads on, and we'll react to that as well. Coach, long enough to know that there's a, a lot of uh, great players in shorts, and that, that you know that you go to that next level where you put the pads on, now you really find out a little bit about uh, what they have in terms of their toughness. And... Uh, you know, you have to be tough to play at this level. It's a man's sport, uh, and there are a lot of guys that maybe can come out and run routes and catch the ball, and, and running backs that can run through holes uh, without pads. But once you get the pads on, you get a real feel for how tough that player is. Was practice? John Madden would turn over, man. John Madden couldn't come watch that. I didn't hear a thud. One guy backed into another guy, and they both fell. That's the only hit I saw all morning. But that's the way it is now. They, so things have changed. You can go to Vegas and you cannot hit anybody and play football. How do you not hit anybody and play football? I would ask you that question. I mean, today was real football. Uh, you know, the past uh, two days and, you know, OTAs, you know, the T-shirts is not real. This is not real. So today it was good to see out here. It was good to get out here and see uh, guys tackling and thudding guys up and, you know, hearing those pass again. You know, uh, you know his football is back. All right, so clearly most of the old school guys don't like the new rules, Michael, where, you know, they don't have as many practices with pads. You know, they're trying to save the body. A lot of old school coaches don't like that either, the fact that you can't hit as much as you, you know, used to back in the past. But one thing that you have seen, and you've talked about it, uh, you know, during the videos that we have, you also have written about it as well, is the fact that the Raiders have been going live at training camp. I guess what kind of element and how has that helped out the practices? Or I guess, you know, what have you seen with that? I think it's collective intensity from the Raiders, from a physicality standpoint. John Gruden wants intensity and really anything that he does in terms of focus, you know, intense focus. He wants there to be competition. But there are points in practice where he's looking at you know, second, third team, more so third team type of personnel. So guys who are starting to make really a practice squad in, in most cases. And he says, okay, hey, Paul Gunther, we're going live. And so Paul Gunther, the defensive coordinator for the Raiders, and everyone on his defense know that whoever is at running back, they can tackle him to the ground. So we saw that for the first time on Wednesday with James Butler and undrafted rookie 
formerly of the Nevada Wolfpack, he was transferred eventually to Iowa. And he, on his very first practice, was live. So John Gruden wow. said you can tackle him, and this is Gruden's way of evaluating a new rival. And just on Thursday, we saw the same thing with Chris Warren, another undrafted rookie, back, uh, rookie running back. And so uh, this is just an evaluation tool, and Gruden doesn't do it all practice. He's not beating up on his guys. He's not doing it with Marshawn Lynch or Doug Martin. He's doing some younger players. And while he wants practice to be physical with shoulder pads and all that, he's also the same coach who, during each of these two days, has told players or had players remove all of their shoulder pads and finish out the final half hour to the final hour of practice without pads. So he's taking care of players while also pushing them at the same time. Real quick, reaction from players that you've heard talk about it, do they enjoy that? I'm assuming a lot of them like doing it. Yeah, they do. I think it just breaks things up. I mean, football is a physical game, so... If you have a chance to actually hit somebody, it's a, you know, I think you relish that opportunity. And I think for running backs, probably in particular, uh, Gruden has, over the course of his career as a coach, um, done this before and felt like that was kind of an aha moment where I forget which running back it was. He said it casually off the record, but he's done it before in the past and had like an aha moment with a certain running back. Because I think we might have something here. And after that, uh, what he saw solidified that opinion that he first captured from going live in practice. So it's a tool for the coaches, and it's an opportunity for the players to show who they are as actual football players when they're being as physical as they will be during the game. Brian, I, I like it. You know, going live, I don't think Jack DeRiel went live last year. I think I saw Michael Tweet. He wasn't too sure, but it seems like he never did. And these are football players. You know, you, you, you got to do some hits here and there. I know you got to be you got to be safe. And, and I know the worst thing is to have a, an injury during training camp. But you got to see how these guys react to a live football setting. you got to have some hits there. And like Michael was saying, some of these guys are trying to make the squad. If you react really well to that, that's your opportunity to shine. And I felt like last year a lot of the Raiders were a little laid back from coming off that playoff season. Now you bring that intensity competition that John Green wants to do. I'm all for that. Yeah, and, and no one wants to get hurt. No coach wants their players to get hurt. But guys are getting injured when there's no contact. So you can't shy away. And like Michael said, it's football. There's going to be contact. People have to get tackled at some point. So – yeah, I, I, my personal opinion is I think it's great that Gruden is doing what he's doing. All right, guys, let's go ahead and take a quick break, but we'll come back with more of our Vegas Nation podcast. Oh, yeah. The Toyota RAV4. It's up for anything. Toyota, let's go places. Let's go be spontaneous. Let's go out of our comfort zone. Let's go make the most of it in the Toyota Corolla. Toyota, let's go places. All right, back to our Vegas Nation podcast. Of course, Michael Gelkin, the Raiders beat writer in Napa. Hilberto Monsano, NFL writer at the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Brian Salmon and Gilbert. Uh, the Hall of Fame game is tonight, which is kind of blows my mind, Michael, as well. The fact that the preseason is already getting started. Michael Crabtree obviously used to play with the Raiders, is now with the Baltimore Ravens. He's playing with his brand-new shiny team tonight. Uh, Randy Moss used to play with the Raiders, going into the Hall of Fame. You have something coming out on that. I guess what, what kind of gives us a little brief little tease on um, talking about Randy Moss, even with his time with the Raiders, which they probably forgot about. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's actually my story. You know, people, or I guess, you know, not, I don't think fans have forgotten, but it seemed like the Raiders and Randy Moss, want to forget their two years together, <laughs> you know, in Oakland. Randy Moss is going to the Hall of Fame, I guess, probably as a Viking, and he had some good years with the Patriots, but he's, I don't think he's going to bring up the Raiders and, and during his speech in, in Canada on Saturday. 
But I just kind of did a story on, on a look back, you know, how, how, how did it start? It started so well. It was like a, like a match made in heaven. These, a, a renegade receiver and a renegade franchise, they're like flashy and, they're, you know, the, the little, you know, outgoing. It seemed like a perfect match. And then it just, it just went so bad. And then the saying that the Raiders have is like, once a Raider, you're always a, always a Raider. They do say that. <laughs> not, not not for Randy Moss. I think I think they've kind of they, they went their separate ways there. It was, it was like a, a good fling, and you kind of just forget about it, like it never happened. Hmm, I don't I don't know what you're talking about, Gilbert. <laughs> Michael, all, do you know what he's talking about? We all been there where it starts really well, and just you know what, it's not working out here. So that was kind of my story with Randy Moss. You know, I, I can't forget the day when he, he debuted as a Raider against the Patriots in Foxborough. Uh, they're, they're opening. They were defending champions opening the year. Randy Moss had like a 73-yard touchdown to the house, but that was the best that that, that, that ever happened between the, the two the two sides, and it just went downhill from there. It seemed like it was toxic. Uh, I think Randy Moss went through three coaches from North oh, Turner wow. to Art Shell to Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin, and, and nowadays were the one that kind of you know traded him for a fourth-round pick, and that's when Randy Moss went off to set re- you know records with the Patriots. Oh yeah, I remember that. They're almost perfect, but I just kind of want to do a look back, you know. How fun that was for a little bit for the Raiders to kind of have Randy Moss. I got you. Have you ever heard them mention Randy Moss out there, Michael? Ever talk about Randy Moss? No, I, I think I think Gilbert did a perfect job of describing Randy Moss's tenure. I mean, Raiders fans, it's like it never happened. I don't <laughs> think Randy Moss considers himself to be a former Raider, uh, even though he played here for a couple of years. It just never really fit. They carried Collins to leave was around 33 years old, and then Andrew Walters, Started eight yeah. games. Oh, wow. And Brooks started eight games. The quarterback play was so bad. And so, look at his career totals. And, you know, Randy Moss is obviously a deep threat. He's going to average a lot of yards per reception. But uh, his targets, I mean, he, in both seasons, caught fewer than half from the ones that were intended to him, which I think tells you a little bit about their, just the inability to communicate. Or, and some of this definitely falls on Randy Moss because it seems like he shut down during, at some point with the Raiders and eventually they move on from him. But, it was just a bad for everybody. You know, the Raiders weren't the right fit or even a great player. It just was the wrong time for them. I gotcha. Okay. And let's go ahead and go back to another soundbite real quick that we can talk about. And this is something I think is extremely interesting. Michael's talked to me about it, and he's written about it as well. Jared Cook talking about head coach John Gruden actually showing players film from millions of years ago, millions of <laughs> years ago, <laughs> at least to these players. Let's go ahead and listen to what Jared Cook had to say about it. Man, he bringing up film from like 1976 when you didn't even think they had film, man. Like grainy film where you can barely see the players. Uh, but he, he has that knowledge. Uh, he's been watching film since he was a kid. He's been in the league since he was a kid. So everything that you're seeing and everything that he's teaching you, the plays he's teaching you, the things he's putting in, is, is things from his background, not only current background, but like predates 87, which is when I was born. All right, Michael, I think it's very funny how guys like Gilbert, who love to remind you just how young they are, and these football players love to remind Coach Gruden just how old he is. What did you think about his his coaching technique and bringing up some of these old videos of the past? Yeah, that was very John Gruden. I thought it was very easy to misunderstand. I think when I, the more I learn about John Gruden, the more I learn about how important the past is to him, which doesn't mean he's living in the past, but when it comes to the way the game used to be played and some of the greats that came decades ago, he believes that they shouldn't merely be lost with time. And the way that they played, it shouldn't be merely lost with time. Look at the way the game has evolved, and where some people see evolution, there are certain things about the game that he's not so sure about. And 
which I think makes it really interesting to have him be at the reins of an NFL organization in 2018 and beyond. I mean, this is the start of a decade under contract for him. And just seeing how he's going to go about morphing what is you know, the present with what he feels is a still relevant past of showing Raiders players clips of guys not only playing games like Barry Sanders and Jack Tatum, but you know, watch Jerry Rice practice, watch Roger Craig practice, and look at their technique and these fundamental-type drills and, and see how they work day in and day out. He thinks there's value in that. And I'm not going to be the guy who's going to say that there isn't. Uh, so, I asked John Gruden about it. He said, anyone who doesn't think that these guys are pretty good back in the 1960s, uh, you go have a nice day. And that's a bit of a euphemism. So uh, he, he's someone who is honoring the past and applying the past to guide the Raiders into their future. But at the same time, and he's also got guys with chips in their shoulder pads. He's got cameras connected to their shoulder pads or helmets so they can get good views of practice. So he's on Pro Football Focus, the oh, wow. analytic-type website. He's you know got other forms of technology. And, and there's, auto, there's a replay screen at practice where fans and coaches alike can see what happened in the most recent play. So they're in the, this, is the, this is 2018. It feels like 2018. But John Gruden's going to do 2018 his own way, which is bringing the path along with him. You know, when Mike was saying all, all that you know, up-to-date modern technology that Gruden is on, I feel like he's trolling us a little bit, you know, saying the 1998, you know, we're taking him <laughs> back. We're going to watch the film from the 70s. I think he knows people like to talk about that, that he's kind of, he's too old ah. school and he's too, you know, he's behind. And then, you know, once we, get, once we get to the season, he's going to have all these crazy new plays. And I think we're, we're like, he's going to be like, hey. What's wrong with 1998? Where's the Y2 banana? How often does that come up out there? Cause it, someone's got to bring that up to Gruden, or maybe he brings it up. Has that come up at all, Michael? Well, the thing is they run the play all the time. Do they? <laughs> uh, yeah, they run They run that play in variations off of it. Um, yeah, that, it don't make, make no mistake, that is part of the Raiders' 2018 playbook. Wow. So I don't play you with anything less, but that's. Yeah, uh, without divulging too much, I, I think they can feel comfortable saying that one. That yeah, the Raiders gonna be running some of that this year. With that being said, when you see that or when that play happens, do you know exactly which one it is that you personally like? Hey, oh, that's like in your head. That's uh, Gator two, whatever it is. Why two banana? I hope not. Yeah, well, he does. <laughs> doing what he's doing. That, that, there it is. Predictable already. <laughs> That's great. They need to have a mascot, like a, a Y banana mascot. Someone's going to have a sign or something like that out there in the stadium. That's great. Yeah, I mean, if you want to dress up like a banana or like <laughs> wear a spider or whatever you want to do, you, you <laughs> well, I'm sure have to find somebody to, to, to troll. I think the black hole has that covered. Uh, yeah, I'm about to say, yeah. yeah. They, they dress. Know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it would not look out of place for somebody to be dressed like that at a Raiders game. That's for sure. All right. So, Michael, no, this is. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, definitely the spider, too. I think I'll fit in nicely the black hole. <laughs> um, this is something that Gilbert has come up with that I, I love that we can do a few for this year. Uh, just really quickly, call it over and under, where we can, you know, tell if you tell me, tell us, tell the view, uh, the listeners whether or not you believe the Raiders will go over or under. Uh, Gilbert, I'm giving you credit for this one, but I like it. I like it very much. Vegas, we got we to do over and unders. You, you got to do over and under. So, Michael, you can give us a, a quick over and under, and Gilbert, quick over and under. So first one we'll start off with is just a few of these. As Gilbert will actually have some of these coming up in a, a few weeks on ReviewJournal.com, but we're kind of teasing folks with this right now. So Marshawn Lynch, 1,000 rushing yards. I like this one. Over or under, Gilbert? 
man, he, he was close last year. I think he had about 900 yards, uh, 933 maybe, but he's 32 years old in age. I know that they, 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 they God, he's always talking about people's <laughs> age. We gotta get this guy out of here. Bro, running back, that's like that's like your age, though, bro. <laughs> very good, very good. You're, you're looking really well, bro. Oh, I think you're, so good. you're like 32 right now, right? <laughs> yeah. But for Marshawn Lynch, I feel like you know he had a, a good season last year. He was probably one of the better players on the team. But I feel like after a while, when you're a running back, it catches up, and you just you just kind of you don't really know. And they they have issues with the tackle spots right now with Donald Penn up back in, and Colts Miller could be you know so young and not ready. Mm-hmm. The interior is going to be fine for him. He's going to have plenty of holes there. But I just don't know if, if Marshall still has that, that, that speed. But he'll get you the first downs when you're third and one. He's a big guy. Okay. All but right. I'll say a little under, but he will have a decent season, meaning around 800, 900 yards again. But I think he will go over 1,000 yards. All right. So, Michael, you're going to have to take a picture of Gilbert, show it to Marshawn Lynch, tell him that he, he thinks he's <laughs> old and he's going under 1,000 yards. So, <laughs> what, what do you got for that one, Michael? Over, under? Well, I won't call Marshawn Lynch old, but I will also <laughs> – for the under on that, and it's Marshall Lynch ran fantastic down the stretch last season. You know, I think he in December he averaged five point two yards per carry. Uh, you know, you just saw him get comfortable in a rhythm behind that offensive line. I think he's entirely capable of building off of that. But presence of Doug Martin, I think, really would sap into that ability to get to a thousand yards. At least I wouldn't say it's likely. So I'm going with the under on that one. Wow, and you just brought him up, and I was going to save this one for. The next show, but I'm going to go ahead and do it right now. Doug Martin, games played. Eight. Eight games played for Doug Martin. The muscle hamster, because I'll call him that, because I, I, I don't have to get in his face and say that. He hates it, I know, Michael. Uh, w- go with that one. Doug Martin, games played eight, over, under. Hey, uh, I will go over. And that's, I mean, I, I never root for a guy to be injured. Um, I, I would want to see every guy play 16. Um, I know he's dealt with his share of injuries in the past, but you know Tom Shaw and the Raiders strength and conditioning staff, they're working to make sure they can do everything they can to keep them on the field. That goes with all other 52 players who will be on this final roster. When he's healthy, he's shown what he can do. The Raiders believe in him. Um, for his sake, I hope he hits the over on that one. There you go. All right. You know, before training camp, I was going to say under for, for Doug Martin. I, I felt like, you know, this guy hasn't shown anything in the last few years. But just from like you know seeing Michael's reporting or just seeing, reading what's going on with Raiders training camp, I don't think anybody's concerned about Doug Martin. There's some injuries already at running back. They, I think they're going to need him, so I think that's going to help him. But again, usually you could kind of tell like man, he's kind of looks slow out here in Napa. He's he's missing some holes here and there. But I haven't I haven't heard you know a lot of good things, but I haven't heard anything bad. So I'm gonna say Doug Martin you know, stays there. He makes it you know halfway halfway well more than eight games, so halfway through the the whole year. Okay, so he's being nice to Doug Martin. He's probably, well, Doug Martin's got to be about 28. He's probably your age, so anyway. Uh, all right, so this is the last one. He's 29, you said, Michael? That is my age. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. Man, see, I can tell age. I can tell it just like that. It's how I was wrong with Michael. Uh, all right, so here we're going to go with, this is the last one that we have. Uh, Raiders. Raiders team interceptions, 12. It, uh, one thing I do know, and Michael knows this as well, especially if you're, you know, you listen to Gruden and and different players, Gilchrist, who's uh, in addition to the team, the defensive backfield has looked pretty good, and guys are feeling pretty good about themselves out there. So, twelve interceptions. The Raiders as a team. We're starting with you right here, G. They had five, a big whopping five interceptions last year. I don't think they had one until like November last year. It was bad. So that's why the number is already pretty low to begin with. Twelve. I yeah. think most teams get around fifteen or higher. Uh, man, this is tough. I'm gonna go under again. I think I don't think they did enough in the secondary. I feel like they kind of had a band-aid approach during free agency to kind of bring these guys. And I, I know 
Uh, Melvin from the Colts might be decent, but we still haven't seen Gary on Conley stay healthy. And they kind of just gave him the starting job. So I, I felt like that was a little too much for him. He's, he hasn't shown – I know he's, he looks great out there on the field, but you can't rely on him. And then you start going to, you know, your second-string guys, third-string guy, guys. And then the secondary is pretty much the same as last year too. You got Carl Joseph and, and probably Reggie Nelson again. I know they got Paul Gunther to call the plays. I could help him out. But I, I still I don't feel good about the secondary, so I'm gonna oh, go under the twelve. Man, they got Marcus Gilchrist from what, the Houston Texans. He's a he's a veteran guy. I heard he's been playing pretty well. Gilly, as he's called. So Gelke, uh Michael, I'm sorry. Oh, no. I'm not, I know that's terrible. <laughs> so so Michael, uh, what do you got for this one? Over under for the Raiders as a team, twelve interceptions. Well, five interceptions is really hard to do. <laughs> it's hard, you're right. Yeah, not until late November did the Raiders get their first interception. It was ten full games until their 11th game when they actually got one. It was a bit of a fluke almost where Navarro Bowman was on his back. <laughs> it uh, was. While the ball just kind of was tipping to his, in his stomach. But, hey, you take him out, you can get him. And Raiders said, oh, well, interceptions come in bunches. They really didn't last season. And they, even after that, it's not like they were picking passes off left and right. They were still <laughs> dropping themselves. I think I thought the number of opportunities they had last year, the number of drops, you know, Steve get the team through it comes to mind. I have a hard time thinking that they're going to not get the double digits if they over under 12. And it's a decent line. I'm going to take the over. Uh, I think the interior rush will be better this season. Hardwood will be worse, but I think it'll be better. <laughs> and so their ability to affect the quarterback a little bit more, with Bruce Irvin playing a more natural position for him by being a defensive end as opposed to an outside linebacker in Ken Norton's defense last year. I think that will help the Raiders uh, force more turnovers because of that pressure. So, uh, obviously, they need to get Quill Mack in and sign, but um, give me the over. Man, Michael Gelkin bringing the heat. Hilberto Monsano bringing the heat with the over-under. We've got a bunch more of those. we we'll use those for next week. Uh, how, how do you like that segment, Mike? I like that one. Huh, Michael? Good. Let's do it again. Ah, there we go. All right, Gilbert, good job, Thank sir. You, I want to hear some of your opinions next time, Brian. I'll, I'll, I'll get me in there. But right now we have Doug Martin games played eight. Michael's going over. Gil's going over as well. We have Raiders as a team, 12 interceptions. Gilbert's going under. He has no belief in the defensive backfield. Michael, who's been out there, he believes that they cannot be as terrible as they were last year intercepting the ball. And Marshawn Lynch, Gilbert going under 1,000 yards because he believes Marshawn is long in the tooth. Which is, I love to say that about people. We won't be getting some of those Marshawn Lynch uh, sandals, right? Or was there those the shower? <laughs> the shower uh, yes, the, the hyphy shower yeah, curtains. All, all that gear. I think he wants to be sending me a package this year. Nothing for you, fine sir. And Michael believes that Marshawn will be under, but he still did very well last season. So, Michael, very good job on our, our very first Vegas Nation podcast for training camp. I appreciate you coming in and, and or talking with us over the phone. Gilbert, you as well. Thank you, Brian. And everyone who's listening right now. Go ahead. I'm sorry. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Of course, man. You, you are the show. But I, <laughs> I just want to make sure that everyone out there remembers or knows this, that you can read all of Michael's work and Gilbert's work at ReviewJournal.com, also on our Vegas Nation app, or you can see the videos that we do from Napa with Michael and also with Ed Graney and Hilberto Monsano, who will be out there next week in Napa. You're going to mention the mailbag, Brian? Ah, that's right. That's right. Hilberto is also has a mailbag. I do have it on here, and I was going to mention it. A mailbag that is at ReviewJournal.com where anyone who's listening or reading the articles or seeing our stuff on Roku Television, you can write in and you can have things to say, and we'll talk about that here on our Vegas Nation podcast as well. So we got a lot of things coming up on the podcast this year. We've got some wonderful new equipment. 
uh, put together by a guy here, Mr. Larry Mir, who's, yeah, he's, he's loving the Raiders as well. All right, so Michael, we'll see you next week on the podcast. Gilbert, we'll see you next week on the podcast as well. I'll be here. All right, I'm Brian Salmon. Be good, guys.